Hi, welcome to the Gay Love Coach Radio Show. I'm Dr. Brian Rupsinski, your host, and I'm a psychotherapist and dating and relationship coach specializing with the LGBT community. My website is thegaylovecoach.com, and I really appreciate your tuning in with us today. So, our show topic today is going to focus on the ever-difficult subject of breakups. Why do they happen? What can you expect to experience when you go through a breakup? What are some of the ways that you can cope when your relationship ends? And how can you tell when it's okay to you know, jump back out there into the dating world? Those are some of the questions we're going to answer in our show today. And just to let you know from the outset, there's not really a whole lot written out there on this subject that focuses exclusively on gay couples. So I want to share with you before we even get started two books that I think are really good reads that specialize in gay breakups that I, I think are important to explore if you're really looking for more information on that. And the first book is called When It's Time to Leave Your Lover, A Guide for Gay Men by Neil Kaminsky. That's K-A-M-I-N-S-K-Y. And the second one is Moving On, The Gay Man's Guide for Coping When a Relationship Ends by Dan Hazel, D-A-N-N-H-A-Z-E-L. And my show host today is Manny Cosme from the Gay Love Project. And Manny is a breakup coach who's going to be working with us today to understand the complexities for when a relationship ends. So let's listen in. We are on the air with Manny Cosme, who is the founder of the Gay Love Project, an organization dedicated to helping gay men find, accept, and keep real love. Manny has been trained in and uses the core energy coaching process created by the Institute for Professional Excellence in Coaching, and he sits on the core council of the United Centers for Spiritual Living in Washington, D.C. A native San Franciscan, Manny currently resides in the Logan Circle area of D.C. and one day dreams of meeting Madonna. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> I do. I do. <laughs> that would be amazing. <laughs> Welcome, Manny. It's very nice to have you on with us. Thank you. Thank you for having me, Brian. You're welcome. Well, today we're going to be talking about uh, breakups, and this is something that I see a lot in my practice, um, people who are really struggling with the um, breakup with a partner, and I thought it would be an important topic to discuss, and Manny here, one of his specialties is breakups, and I thought he might be a great uh, person to talk to about the subject, and one of the things I thought, you know, just this is kind of a a no-brainer, but... Manny, I was wondering maybe if we could talk a little bit to start with in terms of what are some of the common reasons that people in the gay community break up with each other? Sure, sure. Well, um, as you said, by the way, this is a topic that's near and dear to my heart. Um, I've been through several breakups, unfortunately or fortunately, and learned a lot from them. That's funny how you um, <laughs> and, uh, Yeah, and I've also helped a lot of my, my friends and, and other family members um, through breakups too, so it, they're definitely um, they're definitely their own beast. And um, if I could do nothing but help people through breakups, then my life would be completely fulfilled. So, um, so yeah, some of the reasons for breakups. Well, that's that's a uh, that's a million dollar question, but um, I think there, there's a lot of reasons for breakups. Um, I, I think that um, they sort of fall into sort of two general categories. I would say either you know emotional reasons or circumstantial reasons. So, for example, um, let's say that, you know, maybe two people are in a relationship and all of a sudden one person just realizes that they're not getting what they want, whatever that is. Um, they feel like the grass is greener on the other side. Um, they want to explore new, you know, possibilities. Um, 
maybe there's temptation sexually or, or financially or otherwise um, coming from other sources, then that's sort of like an emotional um, reason to, to initiate a breakup. Maybe they just need to, they feel like they need to be independent or in another relationship for some reason. Right. Um, so the other, the, on the other side or the other bucket, you have the circumstantial or sort of logistical reasons. So, for example, something that, you know, I'm Hispanic and something that we face a lot of in the Hispanic community, um, we have a lot of immigration issues, which hopefully now are finally going to be resolved thanks to the yeah. striking down of Zoma. But, you know, I've seen a lot of that happen where two people meet um, in the United States, they fall in love, one person is not here, um, maybe they're here on a temporary visa, and they end up getting deported back to their country, and all of a sudden the relationship is, is torn apart. And um, that that happens quite a bit, as I said, in the Hispanic community. Um, I don't think that's um, something that really gets a lot of press. No, it doesn't, and uh, and it's it's really unfortunate. I've seen it happen to people I know, and um, it's really really sad. It's really unfortunate. Um, you know, it puts people in a position where they have to make these incredible incredible life decisions, um, and you know, it's hard. You know, right am I gonna? You know, am I going to move, end up moving to this country that I know right. nothing about and don't speak the language? It's it's pretty crazy. Um, right. So you know, there's things like that, things like religion. Um, you know, maybe two you know people have you know different religious beliefs, and maybe they can't be together. And you know, that's obviously in the gay or straight world. Mm-hmm. Um, um, and then you know, sometimes maybe they're you know two people are together for reasons you know that really don't have much to do with love necessarily, but sort of more logistical things like children or finances and then, you know, the situation changes and then, okay, well, maybe we just, you know, we don't really need that reason to be together anymore. So, so anyway, so those are, those are like sort of more circumstantial reasons. So I, I, I would say that. To the, to the circumstantial things like addiction and, you know, domestic violence, because I think those things are very real. Exactly. You know, exactly. Communities. And they don't get again, don't get a lot of, of conversation about them because they're so taboo, but those things do exist and they're important to address too. And I think another thing that I've also seen a lot too as primary reasons for breakups are um you know, in male to male relationships in particular, the power control type of dynamic. And that can lead to a lot of difficulties with communication. You know, we don't really get a whole lot of training on how to communicate and resolve conflicts growing up, especially when you're gay, too. So you put two men together in a situation, and I think those dynamics can really make it difficult to, you know, keep a good, balanced relationship going at times. Oh, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I mean, that that falls into that first bucket of emotional reasons where, you know, you feel like you probably don't feel like you are being heard or getting your emotional needs met from your partner, and so you, you think, well, maybe if I go somewhere else or I'm on my own, then at least I can take care of my own needs. And you're right, it stems from a a lack of proper communication. Right. And again, with the emotional too, I think things like, you know, infidelity, jealousy, um, those are all sexual incompatibility and then problems that might kind of emerge as the relationship progresses. Those are all very, you know, common things. And I think the more people are aware of what causes breakups, we can do a lot of preventative work in the very front end to try to stave those issues off. Exactly, exactly, absolutely. So let's say that a breakup has, you know, occurred. What are some of the the symptoms or some of the psychological experiences a person might go through in the throes of a breakup? Well, you know, this is what I, I tell people, you know, when you first go through a breakup, 
or when you're sort of in the yeah in the initial stages of it. You know, a breakup is is not unlike a death. It's you 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 know you were with someone you were very close to. Maybe you spent several years together. May have been you know your best friend or you know someone you spent a significant amount of time with. And all of a sudden, that person is no longer in your life. They've been ripped away from you. And so <clears throat> I think the experience that you go through is not is not dissimilar to the experience you go through when someone dies. All of a sudden, this person is just gone from your life. And so, you know, people tend to go through the cycles of, of grief. You know, you, you start with the shock of, you know, I can't believe this has happened you know, what, I, what, I, I, the, my, you know, my world has just completely fallen apart. I don't right. know what's going on. You know, then you go through, you know, all your stages, you go through your denial and you go through your, you know, your, well, maybe we can fix it. And, you know, and, and eventually you get to reconciliation where you're, okay, well, this has happened. I accept it and I move forward. So. I think um, in a lot of ways it too, it's a lot more difficult than a, a, a death because that person is still alive and they're still within yeah. reach, but they're out of reach, and it just it's torturous. Exactly. Yep. Exactly. And I was gonna say that 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 is that is the one difference that makes a breakup so much I think so much more difficult. Is exactly right. Is that the person is actually still alive, and the thing is that you actually have the opportunity, and and you know it's hard because that hope exists. It's there. It's possible. Right. And that possibility is what will, is is what makes the breakup even more difficult because that door is always still kind of open mm-hmm. and you can kind of walk through it. You kind of can. And it becomes a breakup becomes a huge psychological battle for you because ultimately if you're the one who, you know, on either side of it, ultimately you have to come to a place where you're going to make a decision and you're going to have to decide to either stay in the game and try to open that door or you're going to have to make a decision to walk away. Mm-hmm. But you're going to have to make a decision and that's what makes it more difficult than a death. When a right. death happens, there is no decision. Right. It is what it is. is but, it um, but yeah. For people who are, you know, the one leaving versus the one who is, in, you know, initiating, uh, who, who's the victim of the breakup? Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, say that again? Are the experiences different for the person who's actually, you know, breaking up with the person versus the one who is the recipient of that? Um, I think the, the initial the initial reactions, of course, are different, you know, where you know, the person who's the break, you know, the one who broke up with the other is, you know, is probably, you know, it's, again, it depends on is this an emotional reason or is this a, is this a circumstantial reason? I think right. if it's circumstantial, it probably hurts all across the board. But, right. you know, if it's an emotional reason, there's probably a lot of relief, you know, a lot of that sort of the, the temporary like, you know, I need to flee this situation. And once I fled, okay, now I can breathe. Mm-hmm. So I think there's that going on. Whereas on the other side, it's, you know, probably going through the initial like shock and, and all that. But, but I, I do think, and from what I've seen, and, and even my own experiences, I, I know that because I've been on both sides. Um, I think eventually everyone gets to a point where they start, they sort of start feeling the same things. Um, whether you're on, you know, either side, I think once the initial from the breaker upper, once the initial relief is over, I think at some point the reality sets in that, oh wait a minute, this person is actually no longer in my life because you do get used to having people in your life. Mm-hmm. And at some point when that realization occurs to you that, oh, wait, this person is no longer here, 
I think that's when all of a sudden, you know, the feelings spark. I agree and, with you. I, uh, think, I think both experience the same thing. That just the, the, the timing's a little bit different. You know, the person who is broken up with experiences a real big upsurge of, of those painful emotions at that time, but the person who's doing the breaking up has probably gone through that grieving process well before that experience. So a lot of times they don't look the same, but they have gone through those experiences just at different times. True. Yeah, actually, that, that's a good point is that some people, yeah, you're, you're right, some people that go through breakups have already actually, while in the relationship, have gone through all the stages. Right. And so by the time they break up, they're actually in an acceptance stage. You're right, that, 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 happens, that does happen too. So, you know, as far as these symptoms go, it, it ranges across the board. There's things like, you know, feeling rejected, abandoned, you know, depressed, scared, confused. I mean, the whole – and I guess that's another – point that I think is important to emphasize, too, is that everybody grieves differently. No two people are going to grieve exactly the same same way, and I think that it happens at different paces, at different times. Um, how long do you think that, you know, I get this question a lot. I'm sure that you do, too. How long does this grieving process last? Oh, <laughs> yeah, that, that definitely varies from person to person, situation to situation. Um, you know, it's funny because, you know, there, there's there, there's this myth of a magical formula out there mm-hmm. that says, well, you, you know, you take the number of years, you know, divide it by two, and that's how much time, you know. <laughs> that is so not true. Exactly. <laughs> Let me tell you. Yeah, it really isn't. I mean, you know, I can tell you against my own personal experience, and, and you know, this is other people's experience, as I've noticed, too. You can be with someone for, you know, five years, break up with them, and and six months down the road, you may be completely fine over it and moving on. Mm -hmm. And then there's someone that you may be with for a year, but for whatever reason, that person just really touched your your soul, and and they got in you, and it may take you years to get over it. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, so it it really just matters on the depth of the relationship. Um... So unfortunately, yeah, there is no there is no magic uh, number. Right. Um, but that's why breakup coaches exist, you know, because our our goal and therapists too, you know, everyone in this profession, you know, our goal is to help expedite that process yes. while keeping you healthy while doing it. Because a lot of people tend to then just ignore their feelings and they think they're moving on, but they're right. really not, and they haven't well really said. processed their feelings. And that's a good point you make too, because I think the the more you avoid or, or or suppress or repress the feelings that you're having, you're actually going to be prolonging your grieving process and extending your recovery, you know, much longer than if you learn how to be able to deal with the grief as it's happening. Oh yes. Absolutely. Yeah. As I as I as I say, you know, this is not a race. It's not a race to get over your ex as quickly as possible so you can move on to the next one. Mm-hmm. I mean it's that's the worst thing you can do. You know, exactly. taking the time and really understanding, you know, why it happened and processing your feelings and, and allowing yourself to go through the grieving process. I think that's where the true healing comes from. And so when you finally reach the end of that process, uh, I think you you just become a so, so much stronger person from it. And that's a hard thing to do because it hurts so bad. Yeah, yeah. But you got to stay it with it. Exactly. And again, you know, that's why we exist. To, to help people through that, you know, through that process. What are some um, coping strategies that, that folks can use to be able to help help them 
through this grieving process? Um, some coping. Well, again, you know, I, I think the, the first thing is, um, as I, as I mentioned, is just to, to allow yourself to grieve, you know, and, and it sounds really simple, but, you know, from my experience, a lot of people don't allow themselves that time. You know, they think again, that it's like a race and okay, well, if he broke up with me, then, you know, screw him. I need to, you know, go out and find someone even better than him and, you know, and forget him and I never loved him and, you know, all this stuff. And it becomes like the ego sort of takes over. Mm-hmm. Um, Giving but, yourself permission. Exactly. That gets me into trouble. <laughs> um, <laughs> I think allowing yourself to say, you know what? Wow, this really hurts. Um, I'm really hurting right now. I'm really angry. I'm really frustrated. I'm scared because I don't know what to do. And allowing yourself to just kind of feel those feelings, I think is so important. And, and it really is as hard as it is. Um, I think that's really the first step in coping with the entire situation is mm-hmm. just recognizing and allowing yourself and giving yourself permission, as you said, self-permission to feel what you're going to feel. Exactly. You're going to be going through a whole process of redefining a new identity, really. Yeah. A lot of work, and it's a big deal. And I think, especially in that initial post-breakup crisis period, it's just really important to, you know, to stay busy. But I think you don't want it – you want it to be constructive busyness. You know, I think, you know, channeling that energy into, you know, productive or purposeful activity is going to be really important to keep you moving forward. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, the, the the thing during a breakup is that, um, you know, your self-esteem is shot. Basically, Definitely. you know, most people, I mean, they get broken up with and their self-esteem just goes from, you know, 100 to zero. It just, it just mm-hmm. drops, it plummets. And so it's very important during this time, you're right, is to, you know, focus on your feelings, allow yourself to feel them, but also to surround yourself with people who are going to help build you back up. That's so important because, you know, you're going to go into this, this black hole of something, you know, and you're going to, you know, you're going to feel those feelings. And what you need are people kind of standing on the edge with their rope, kind of dipping it down into the hole and allowing you to grab it and lift you up when you need to be lifted up. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you've got to, you've got to have that source who can step outside and help you, you know, through that and, and help to start, put the pieces back together and help build you back up and remind you that you're an amazing person. So surrounding yourself with family and friends is really important. Yes, definitely. I would say definitely. And keeping yourself busy. You know, there's a fine line between keeping yourself busy and ignoring your feelings. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you've got to keep yourself busy so that your your mind isn't on it 24-7. Um, you know, you've got to stay present in the moment. But you've got to also take the time, you know, to, to feel your feelings too. Absolutely. Um, yeah, but you can't, I mean, but but at, at the end of the day, I mean, it's important to eventually realize that that is now your past. Yeah. And you are now in your present and you're moving towards your future. And so it's very important to to stay present in the moment and say, okay, well, here I am now and this really hurts and I really wish this hadn't happened and I'm, you know, I'm feeling all these feelings, but, and it's important that I feel these feelings but I am here today, and in this present moment, the sun is shining, you know, I'm breathing, I'm alive, you know, I have friends and family that love me, mm-hmm. and, 
that's where my future is headed. Right. And I'm a really big fan of, you know, like journaling. I think that's a great way just to make yeah. sure you, you stay on top of those feelings, you're processing them. If you don't have somebody to talk to, that's a great outlet to be able to, you know, express what you're feeling, what you're thinking. Yeah. Yeah, huge fan of journaling myself. Mm-hmm. I journal about everything. Every time something bugs me, and I'm, sometimes I don't even know why something just bothers me, I journal about it, and eventually it comes out. So, mm-hmm. you know, journaling, meditating, you know, painting, whatever, you know, whatever your outlet is, um, it's important to have that outlet to, um, or even, you know, again, friends, you know, just getting together with friends and just venting, you know, and, and talking, and you know, eventually stuff comes up. Mm-hmm. Those are really great <laughs> ideas. Those are really yeah. great. And I think, you know, breakups are, are, are a very depressing type of a thing, but I think it's really important to emphasize, too, that there is life after a breakup. There's a lot to look forward to. There's a lot of possibility and hope, and what are some maybe signals or signs that would let a person know that, you know, I've grieved and I think now I'm ready to take that next step? Well, when you no longer have dreams of killing your ex, then there you're you probably going <laughs> to move on. <laughs> Not bastard. Uh, no. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Um, kind of. Uh, <laughs> no, I mean, you know, again, it's it's really different. Um I think when you've, re- when you've really taken the time to reconcile, I-, I think, you know, it's not like one moment that happens when you're like, oh, here it is, ding, I'm now moving on, you know, I'm great now. Um, you know, you, it, it's, it's going to be, and, and it's important to realize that through a breakup, you're going to be moving back and forth a lot through all these stages. You know, it's not a linear process. It's yeah. not, you know, start at A, go to B, then C, D. You know, you know you're going to be at A, B, C, then maybe back to A, then B, then you're going to be at, you know, D, and then maybe back to A. So you're going to be going back and forth quite a bit mm-hmm. through this process. Um, yeah, it's, I mean, it's, it's a roller, exactly. It's a roller coaster, and, you know, it's, it's, it's emotion. So um, I think one really good way... Um, is when you're ready, and again, you know, it's not a race, um, but when you're ready, you know, go on a date. Go on a few dates. See how you feel about it. Mm-hmm. You know, test the waters. You know, if you're feeling like, okay, I can go on a date. I mean, I'm not thinking about my ex while I'm on the date. I'm completely in the present moment with this person. I'm enjoying myself. I'm having a good time. You know, could I see this person as a potential partner? Maybe, maybe not, but at least am I enjoying this at the moment? not focus on my past, then that's a good indication that you're, you know, you're moving on, you're moving forward. I like that. That's a really good point about just being able to be mindful and you're no longer as consumed or distracted by thoughts of your ex. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Another good one is if, you know, people tend to dream a lot about their ex, you know, through the, through the breakup process. I think when, when, I mean, dreams are very powerful, they, they tell a lot. And so um, I think when you realize that you haven't dreamt about your ex for a while, I think that's also a good indication that you may be ready to move forward. Mm-hmm. And I think at that point, too, you've, by this point, you've probably done a lot of soul searching. You've recognized the role that you played in some of the issues in the relationship. You are able to identify, to identify a lot of the lessons learned. And I think this is a really important time period to reflect on. So, what I learn and, and what do I want in my next partner in a relationship? You know, how can I apply right. what I've learned moving forward so that when I am going out there and dating, I can screen more appropriately so that I can make sure that I'm really putting my best foot forward and I'm attracting the most qualified prospects as possible. 
Exactly. Yes, exactly. That's a that's an excellent, excellent, excellent point. And that's why it is so important to take the time to understand why the breakup occurred. Mm-hmm. Because you're gonna probably, you know, here's the thing, law of attraction. You know, you attracted one person who did this, you're probably most likely post breakup in the immediate post breakup throws, you're gonna end up attracting very similar people. Mm-hmm. And being able to spot those red flags and say, wait a minute you know, that's awfully similar to a characteristic my ex had that probably ultimately caused the breakup. So even though I may enjoy your company, I'm not going to go for you because there's a strong probability that this is going to happen again. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's why people end up, you know, you know, people tend to have like relationship patterns. And that's exactly why is because if you don't take the time to learn from the previous relationships, you will repeat it them exactly because there's something that attracted you to that person and you will continue to be attracted to that person until you recognize the pattern and then you can break it consciously mm-hmm. and i think that also yeah. speaks to the importance as you said it's not a race i think one danger sign is that a lot of people tend to try to medicate their pain by going into a rebound relationship for example right and that just really speaks to the importance of just taking it slow and just taking that time to really you know learn those lessons again and be able to then move forward and apply it in the next relationship. Exactly. Oh, rebounds. We could probably spend a whole session oh, on I rebounds, know. by the way. <laughs> I have so much to say on the rebound issue. <laughs> well, well you know, cause, that, <laughs> I mean, they, they can be good or bad. So they, they, they have their sort of own little special place in, in the breakup they realm. Sure do. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, we'll defer that one for another time. <laughs> Manny, you have been so very helpful with this. I really appreciate your coming on. And what, what's your website where people can find you? It's www.gayloveproject.com. Perfect. Gayloveproject.com. Well, thank you so much for for joining us on here, and we may be doing another show on rebounds. <laughs> yeah, 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 we can definitely do one. Well, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. You're very welcome. Take care, Manny. All right. Take okay, care. Bye. So as you can see, gay relationships can break up for a variety of reasons, and understanding what those reasons are can help you to monitor and intervene in your own relationship before problems become insurmountable. This type of prevention highlights the importance of being fully present and conscious in your relationship and being sure to keep communication front and center and to never take each other for granted. Manny described for us the emotional roller coaster that can result from a breakup and that every relationship that ends is unique and different people will respond differently to the adjustment. No two breakup experiences will be the same. For many of us, you know, we were raised to believe that gay relationships don't work because of the homophobia that exists both inside and outside the community. And when our relationship ends, this horrible myth can get reinforced and create a whole host of emotional reactions in and of itself. So the important thing here is to be open to the grieving experience, allow yourself to feel and work through the pain, and begin the process of redefining a new identity as a single person. Strengthening your self-esteem and working on issues of forgiveness are going to be really crucial here in the rebuilding process. As far as coping strategies are concerned, Manny and I discussed the importance of building and utilizing a support system, so really surrounding yourself with family and friends, and to keep busy with productive activity that's going to further your new identity moving forward. And it's also important to pursue your interests and hobbies so that you can renew a sense of spirit, and a sense of pleasure in life again. We also talked about the importance of journaling. In fact, I have two exercises that I might recommend to help you with journaling. 
One would be to get a notebook and on every page of your notebook, at the top of the page, write an emotion that you experience as a result of the breakup. So one page might be anger, another page might be sad, another one might be regret, another one might be betrayed. And every day, just to make sure that you're addressing this on a daily basis and you're devoting a little bit of time every day to this, at the end of the day, go to the page that you feel the most predominant emotion that day and then just begin to write. If you have a difficult time articulating your thoughts, what I might recommend is just going down the left margin of the page and write, I feel blank, I feel blank, I feel blank. And if you're feeling angry today, then go to the anger page and just write, I feel angry, blank. And therefore, you'll just kind of fill in the blanks with whatever type of, of thoughts are generated around the emotion of anger. Another very popular uh, grieving technique with journaling is to write a letter to your ex that you do not send. I am going to emphasize that again. Do not send it to your ex. This is a therapeutic exercise devoted to you working through your feelings so that you can you know, work toward overcoming that loss. And basically in that letter you're going to just kind of do a little relationship review of sorts where you talk about what you, you know, what attracted you to your partner, kind of talking about some positive memories that you experienced, and then kind of segueing into issues around, you know, ways that you were hurt, um, some of the problems that you guys experienced, um, what you're going to miss and what you're not going to miss about being in this relationship with him, um, and then segueing into things like, you know, what you learned and what some of your hopes are for not only yourself but for him too, and to find a way to gain some closure in the letter by wishing him well and you know offering some forgiveness so that you can really let go and begin a new chapter in your life. Um, additionally, I, I also think it's going to be important for you to create an action plan for how you're going to deal with those in inevitable triggers that remind you of your ex because those are always going to kind of pop up. You know things like you know you smell a certain cologne when you're in the mall that reminds you of him, or if you drive by a place that used to be your special place. Um, if you run across a picture of him or you hear a song on the radio that was your song. I mean, these are all spontaneous, unplanned triggers that can really trigger those emotional roller coaster um, rides that Manny was describing before. So it's kind of important just to plan ahead for how you're going to respond to those particular triggers when they happen. And finally, you'll know you're ready to jump back into the dating jungle when you no longer feel preoccupied and consumed by your ex. You've healed enough to know you know, you've healed enough to treat yourself well, and you've created a full life for yourself that would be enhanced by dating. You've kind of reached a point to where you want a boyfriend instead of needing a boyfriend. There's a really big distinction there. Take this time during your breakup transition to take inventory of all the lessons you've learned about yourself and relationships, and learn about what it takes to have a healthy partnership with someone. Also use this time to identify your personal requirements for a partner and a relationship, deciphering between your needs and your wants so you can screen wisely when you're out and about in the dating circuit again. I want to thank Manny very much for joining us. He was extremely helpful. And I also want to thank you very much for joining us. And if you need some coaching in regards to breakups or any other uh, topic, you can reach me at brian at thegaylovecoach.com. Thank you so much again for joining us and look forward to hearing and seeing you next time. Thank you.